Even though you're live, you gotta wait for that beep. You gotta wait for that beep. Give me the beep. There's the beep. Good afternoon. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Yankee Stadium. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode, episode number five, that is. It's the Bundy episode, maybe, of Empire 161, your show for all things New York Yankees. My name in the corner over here is Tim Tabala, if you want to get the last name. This guy over here is Mr. Ed Camus. Ed, what's going on, man? Hey, what's up, Tim? How, how was your week? Uh, uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Can't complain too much. Not, not like, not like me. Not like I can. <laughs> no, not like you can. I'm definitely not at all. I, you know, I, I had a minor, minor pain in my ankle while practicing softball. But that's about it. Uh, and I had an, the level. <laughs> yeah, and I had an entire right leg infected by a nasty infection. So, well, we won't get into that though. Let's just say I'm out. I'm happy. I'm happy to be back. And like we can finally talk some baseball. Um, yeah, so let's just get going, man, because we got an exciting night tonight. Uh, let's start with, of course, the Yankees. Summer camp, baby. I love. I, I you know what summer camp grew on me. At first, I was like summer camp, but you know what? It grew on me. I kind of like it. Uh, even have. Uh, have you been watching all the intra squad games? Uh, I missed the one. Uh, no, I'll say I missed the one last night, but I did catch some of it. I caught the uh, encore. <laughs> Of it uh, when I got home, yeah, I actually watched the encore was part of a summer camp game. Um, so yeah, I've actually seen them all. I, I've I've seen them all. I'm not like glued to every pitch because that that might be a little bit nuts, but um, they're kind of wacky, and I like it. I like the wackiness of it, especially the first one. Um, I, I I tell you what, my highlight so far that I've seen because I was I was in the hospital when all this started, so I you know whenever I caught it, I watched it. My highlight was Brett Gardner doing the roll call. To an that empty stadium, awesome. that was pretty awesome. I thought that was hysterical, and I, the fact that they had to point that out, like, "Whoa, whoa we got to stop this game." Why? Because Brett Gardner did the roll call in the outfield. I said, "That's that just made my day. That made me happy." <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you're right. These intra squad games are, I mean, these empty stadium intra squad summer camp games are just wacky, man. They're just crazy to watch, and it makes you really like bizarre of what what the world is right now. It's just crazy. Well, yeah, besides the uh, the empty stadium aspect of it, uh, we're actually getting to see things that we'll probably never see again because they do these intra-squad games every year, like, you know, with nobody there to begin with. So that's, you know, that's that's that. But, like, you're, you're getting to see, like, two DHs and, like, guys splitting time, people fielding and not hitting, like, besides the pitcher and stuff like that because we've seen that in baseball forever. Um you know, all of a sudden in, a, in an inning, there won't be a right fielder or center fielder or, listen, the defense is gone. <laughs> like, they're, they're out where, that was the first game. The first game got really, really wacky. Um, but it was kind of funny. And then uh, sometimes there'll be four outs in an inning. We've seen that. Um, you know, if guys want to get extra work in, they'll just keep going, and there'll be four or five out innings. Um, what else did we see? Um, you might have seen this. Here's a question, Steve posted this question, and I know you guys were talking about it on the Met show yesterday. 
I, I didn't see this, so I, I couldn't really comment. Um, there you go. Did Cole purposely lay a meatball in there after getting a new ball he didn't like? Now, I, I was talking about Andujar hit the home opposite field home run right after Cole, they took the ball away from him because yeah. they threw the ball through the infield, and he didn't like that. Did he lay a meatball out there? I completely missed it, so I can't say yes or no. No, he didn't lay a meatball in there. I mean, <laughs> the, the way Cole was pitching the entire night and everything, that, that's kind of really hard to say. He just laid in a meatball just to get the ball out of there. He seemed pretty pissed after he gave up the home run, too. Um, no, Miggy got him. Miggy took him deep, man. That's that's that. I mean, what do you – what are you going to do with it? But Cole was Cole looked pretty damn good outside of that. Um, I'm trying to think of the other thing. Oh yeah, there's the the PFP that we've seen with certain things. So pitchers will take fielding practice randomly. Like they'll come out and I'll start hitting them some grounders, and he'll start throwing at different bases and stuff in the middle of an inning or something like that. So that that's another thing that's kind of nuts to see. Um, yeah, that's right. Tommy's. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how many. That, that might be a, a little bit of a taste of what we see, but. Tommy, what else can they talk about, man? They got to do something. Especially, I mean, they, they talked about Gardner's flex for like a good three, three, four minutes. So they got to they got to talk about something out there. Yeah, that, I think that's going to be a lot. It has to do with, uh, oh wow, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think that's going to have more to do with just uh, the intra squad aspect. I think once like there's actual games being played, they'll it'll be more of like a regular broadcast. Besides the weird camera angles that we've seen, uh, I think the announcers will try to keep it as normal as possible. And I think I had seen that something about the Yankees are looking into options of maybe pumping in some crowd noise just so it's not like silent. Plus, the other weird aspect of it is hearing players potentially cursing and who the hell knows what else we would hear. Oh, we're definitely going to hear a lot of that stuff. Yeah. How can you not? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you think about that aspect of the game right there, that's going to be hysterical. You're going to hear grunting. You're going to hear, yeah, you know, oh, oh, swinging and all that stuff when they pitch, when they hit, when they dive, when they catch. It's going to be a really bizarre year. Yeah, what I don't want to hear is like, you know, I don't want it to seem like a, a tennis match where you literally hear every grunt and every everything and all of a sudden, you some some applause, like the fake pumped in things. I think they'll try to just get something in there. All right, so as far as all the games you've seen so far, uh, like I said, everyone looks pretty well. The we, Mayhew, we'll talk about that real quick. The Mayhew and who was the other Sessa? Sessa, yeah. Before camp, before camp, so they yeah. didn't come to camp. They stayed clear of everybody, so they should be okay, ready to go in another week or two, two probably. Um, a lot of players popping out today, testing positive. Players and uh, coaches and associates of the teams, so. Let me ask you one quick question before you get back to the Yankees real quick. Yeah. Are we going to finish this year? Because as, as we go on, the percentage of people who think this season is going to get to finish is going lower and lower and lower. Do you really think we're going to get finish this crazy-ass season? I, I legitimately can say I have absolutely no idea. I, I, I don't. I, I would like to – if Tommy can jump on the link when it comes up, I, I would like to hear the bone he's got to pick with us. Oh yeah, um, wait, hang on. I have the. I actually made the banner for that today. I catch just in case. Tommy's more than welcome to to jump on, and I, I want him to pick his bone. There you go, Tommy, or anybody else like to join us. That is the link. Your pretty little face will pop up next to ours. You put that link in, and you'll be good to go. Um, but real quick, like I said, uh, so so far, who? Oh, who? he gave it up. <laughs> he gave it up. What? Come on, man. 
Yeah, why'd you bring it up for now, Ty? Come on, I'm not even gonna. You know what? I'm not even gonna show it. I'm not no, gonna show it. Don't I'm not gonna show the comment. He can defend his point. I also think <laughs> he's got. He wanted to talk about um, our under underrated list from last episode too. No, that's fine. He can come on anytime. There's the link right there, Tom. If you want to bring it, I told him to bring his own list. Let's do it. <laughs> but who? Um, not camera ready. What do I look like? I just got out of the hospital, dude. Let's go. I was makeup on. I mean, <laughs> um, so who's impressed you so far? I mean, I said it's only intra squad. It's only summer camp. But how do you think all these guys are looking so far? I mean, Cole looked like Cole, which was uh, yeah great. How about everybody else? Who's impressed you? Who has not impressed you so far? I mean, it's really hard to get a read on anyone from what we've yeah. seen. Uh, I mean, just, Cole. Just, just take a shot. <laughs> yeah, Cole was the standout of it. Uh, seeing Judge fully healthy and fielding and, and hitting. And, uh, yes, posted, like, uh, a home run that he hit in, in uh, BP yesterday that landed in, like, the middle of the left field bleachers. And I was like, all right, let's go. He's ready to go. Uh, Miguel Cabrera uh, was – I mean, I'm sorry, Miguel Cabrera. Miguel oh, was going to get him. Yeah, I know, right? Hopefully not. <laughs> Just for the Steinbrenner day, the George days, then probably we would have had him. I mean, he's past his prime and everything. Um, no, um, I, I think Clint Frazier has been an interesting case too because, like, he supposedly took BP before yesterday's game with the mask on, and then he was playing with the mask on. So he's been the only player I've seen that's that's actually done that. So, I mean, if, I guess if you can do it, right? Like, it just seems like to me it'd be like really difficult for any players to actually play the game with the mask on. Um, if you can, you can. I mean, if you I can, would do it yeah. If I could. yeah. No, it's it's yeah. I guess if you can, you can. Uh, but that's that seems like it's a lot. And yes, I was talking about like the whole thing of that with the sight lines and stuff with a mask moving around. Um, I mean, I, I know that I've seen Tyler Wade is actually being discussed if LeMahieu can't be ready for the start of the season yeah, uh, because there's no idea when, you know, he'll be able to bounce back from COVID or not. Hopefully, you know, one, two, three, and he's back. But that, that's really anything that I can take from it. Uh, I, um, I know Debbie Garcia got to start yesterday against uh, Jordan Montgomery, so that was nice to see. Uh, Clark Schmidt was – what was a big one in the first game against Cole. I mean, he looked pretty impressive too. Uh, but then, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Schmidt pitched the first game. Cole was there too. Uh, so that was, they're the one. The pitchers are definitely ahead of the hitters. We'll, we'll put it that way. Yeah, Schmidt, I heard, was the one thing I did hear when I was, I said I was in the hospital. So I was out of most of it. But I heard he was very impressive. And people are saying that he's ready. He's MLB ready, which is yeah. good. Because, you know, I, you, you want these kids that we've been hearing about for years or, to, to be ready and to finally freaking make it, which is why I'm always going to be rooting for Fraser to hopefully make the team make an impact and, you know, cut the crap out this year. So yeah. that's, hopefully that's going to be the thing. Get um, together again. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anybody else stand out for you? Uh, not particularly. I mean, again, it's really hard to tell, like, with, you know, with this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Tommy's – even though Tommy's not camera ready, I, he's 100%, like – yeah, Schmidt looks like he's he's ready to go. Let's let's hopefully, hopefully he is. All right, so let's go on to um the major league stuff. There's not really not much uh, way of happening except for the big news today was Giants catcher Buster Posey opted out for the season. Um, that's a big one too. That's a big one for the Giants. That's not like some random dude. That's like a captain, major 
player of the game. But hey, you know what? I, I'm not going to be mad if anybody wants to opt out. It's it's a little scary out there, especially what's going on in Florida and Texas and all these other states. It's getting it's, it's coming around again, and, I'm, and that's why I said I'm I. I had this feeling this season ain't going to get finished. It might get started, but I don't know if it's going to get finished or not. Yeah. Um. So what? You know what? Real quick, I'll just give you the list of guys who opted out. Uh, the Braves: Eric Young, Felix Hernandez, Nick Markakis. The Diamondbacks: Mike Leak. The Dodgers: David Price. Who cares? He sucks anyway. Uh, Buster Posey today. Indians: Well, as a coach, Brad Mills. The Nationals: Joe Ross, Ryan Zimmerman, and Wellington Castillo. That's Three big names for the defending champs. Yeah, that's no like you know just three random dudes. That's those are three big pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pirates: Hector Noosi, former Yankee, right? Yeah, yeah. Rockies: uh, Ian Desmond. The Twins actually sent two of their coaches home because they're over like seventy years old or sixty years old. Sent their asses home, and that's really it. Who was the other guy you said today from the White Sox? Uh, Michael Kopech, he's uh, one of their uh, – he's uh, reportedly has one of the best arms in the young arms in baseball. Uh, he opted out earlier today, um, you know, for them. So he was also recovering from Tommy John surgery. He was going to work his way back, so that kind of sucks for him. Yeah. Um, if you look at the silver lining, is he'll have more time to make sure he's 100% healthy, I guess, for next season. But it does suck for a kid to lose, uh, you know, a year when he's trying to come back. Yo, what's up, Mike? Yes, I'm feeling better. Thank you, man. Thanks for watching, too. Uh, who else we got joining us? Let's see. Daniel, how you doing, man? Welcome to the show. Thanks for watching. Um, uh, Dan works for MLB. Does he? Yeah, he does. Got, He's a former of mine. Good dude. We got an insider. Come on. We got an insider here. We need, we need some inside information then. <laughs> um, yeah, so as far as other baseball news, I've really heard nothing – Everyone's just getting pumped up now for this for this season. Like I said, I'm hoping, just hoping, hoping, and hoping that this gets going and they figure out a way to keep everybody safe. And uh, yeah, because that's that's going to be a big thing. Uh, schedule time. Not only did we get 2020 schedule, we got 2021 schedule. Well, that's crazy. That's the first time that's ever happened, and that's kind of I guess that's like the uh, the bone. They're throwing us a bone, I guess, to keep us happy. And the big things for Yankees fans, I guess, and for Mets fans, is that next year, Yankees and Mets will play on the anniversary of 9-11, which is, which is really, really cool to be playing in City Field. Um, I would definitely like to go to that one. That's going to be a good one. Um, yeah, Ed, what do you think of the anniversary game? Oh, sorry. There was reading Dan's comment. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty cool thing that they're going to do. Uh, that was the highlight of the 2021 schedule. Yeah. Uh, there's a weird quirky thing that I happen to catch. I'm assuming it's a typo, though, but uh, we'll get to that in a second. Um, yeah, the 9-11 game at City Field it is fitting to have the two New York teams playing on its 20th anniversary, so that, that's that's pretty awesome. And what about um, – why is this only one coming up? Everything's only that one. Um, what about this year's schedule? How do you, how do you think uh, they spread it out enough? They only got what? How many days off? Six? Three, yeah. something like that, something crazy. Yeah, it's it, it's pretty low. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it seems to be lighter half, and so the lighter part is in September. Uh, but you can only say that lighter based on like the uh, the 2019 stuff. But the Blue Jays are going to be better. I, I don't know if I would count them out as like uh, you know, kind of like an, an easy win on a schedule or an easy series win. Um, 
yeah, the Blue Jays, they got a lot of young boppers over there, so I would I would be careful with them because, you know, they, they, they can get hot. They're on their way. I think the Blue Jays are on their way up. And, no, not the whole start of the season Blue Jays where they get hot for the first month and then they tail off, uh, you know, with Vladimir uh, Guerrero Jr. and uh, Dante Bichette's kid. I mean, that's – They know. have everyone's kids. They have a Guerrero. They have a Bichette. Yeah. Well, they have someone else. Isn't there a third player, second-generation oh, yeah. player? Vizio. Vizio. There you go. Like, they have all the kids. Yeah. So, good gene pool over there, I guess, in uh, in Toronto. It's just, can they have pitching? Do they have pitching? That's the main thing. Yeah. They got good fielders. Those are all, those are all fielders, but can they can they pitch? That's going to be a major factor. So, what yeah. as far as the Yankee schedule goes, uh, you see a hard part. You see, I mean, every, I mean everything is going to be hard. It's a 60-game season. There is no easy part of the schedule. But do you see anything specific that stands out that you're happy with or not happy with? Well, I mean, they're, the thing is they were due to play the NL East this year, and the NL East has gotten tougher, I mean, outside of Miami. Uh, you know, the, the Mets are going to be uh, competitive this year. The Phillies are expected to take another step. Nationals are, you know, defending champs. The Braves have got a good young core there. So, they, you know, they just happen to draw, and that's who they drew, happen to, you know, in their NL East part of the schedule. So that's automatically going to make it tougher. Um, and a 2021 schedule, they're going to have the NL East again. So I guess they're not, you know, just going to keep the rotation going. They're going to keep it on for an extra season. So that's what so I was that, for. What about Zach Wheeler? Is Zach Wheeler going to opt out? He said he was going to. We, we don't know yet, though. He I'm opts saying, out. He uh-huh. opts out. That's, that's again, that's a huge chunk of the pitching staff. That's their ace opting out for the season. That could be a whole different season for the Phillies. Well, um, yeah, they do. I mean, but they were a pretty good offensive team to begin with, and they also did get a pretty good shortstop, you know, the name of Didi Gregorius added to that lineup, and they actually have a real manager with Joe Girardi now. So, um, I, I think I think they're going to be they're going to be a pain in the butt, but uh, we do only see them six times, so we'll we'll, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, that's going to be. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah. So, and then oh, the freaking Red Sox. Oh, here's a good question by Tommy. I, I, I'm not going to give this answer though, because I'm a terrible judge of this. So I'd, lo- I'd love to pop out and say they're going to go 50 and 10. It's not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> I saw one. I saw one person predict they're going to go 48 and 12 or something, something crazy like that. And I was like, ah, you know, let's let's just not get that crazy. This is going to be a crazy ass year. Do the Yankees win the division? In my in my opinion, yes. I think yeah. they're going to win that division, no problem. As far as like an actual number, ah, you can't this year. <laughs> I can't get can't give you venture a guess. Wow, for the Yankees under and over, um, man, I don't know. I would say 38, maybe. 38 seemed like it would be pretty fair. It's really hard to tell, like, who's going to deal with and, and adapt with the whole everything that's going on. That's that's a pretty big question that, that nobody can really answer. So I, I, I'm just throwing 38 out there, you know, as, as an arbitrary number that sounds good. But if the Yankees go in like forty and twenty, I mean that's a pretty dominating season, you know. If you have, you know, in a in a sixty game schedule. Well, the only two things that can stop them is injuries and COVID, and let's hope neither one of them are a factor this year. Yeah, that goddamn COVID. I tell you, I'm more afraid of that than anything else. Um, that's the over and under to pick. Will they finish the season? And I said every week it goes by, that percentage is dropping. Like I said before. Dropping, dropping, dropping. Tommy, you're you're 
over 40. Good for you, man. I'll, I'll take that any day of the week. Well, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not even going to say it to jinx it or not, but I, I'll go with that. I mean, I'm with Tommy on the over 40, but if you're giving me a line to make as, an, as a, you know, if I'm, if I'm in Vegas and I'm picking an over and under number, that's why I throw out 38. You got to have something that's going to come close to it. So I guess Tommy's taking the over on that one, which I agree with him. I would take the over. Uh, but we, we shall see how, how everyone adapts. Cool. Um, I know you said that we had a couple anniversaries this week. We'll move on to that now. I know we're moving kind of quickly today because uh, anyone anyone watching now after this show, the Jader and Kyle Sharon, they have a special guest, Mark Ellis. If you don't know who that is, he's a big time dude in uh, movies and all that stuff. He's a you know they're gonna have a special guest, so I don't want to step on their toes tonight. But yeah, this week was also a big couple anniversaries, including the captain himself, Derek Jeter's three thousand hit and it was great were you there for that game i'm assuming you were no i was not i because i don't, I don't, I, don't I don't well i mean there's an interesting quick story behind that um i had tickets to go to that game i had tickets to go to the night before's game i had tickets that entire week actually so the uh the crazy part was the friday night game i had went and i got rained out and earlier in the week since i had the whole week and i ended up i think i had like a four game scheduled for softball that saturday uh, a vendor gave me tickets, and I'm like, all right. I passed them on to my father and um, Rick's brother-in-law, TJ. So my father and Rick's brother-in-law, TJ, who is a Rays fan, and they were playing the Rays, they went to the game together, and they had a blast. Now, obviously, the Friday night game got rained out, and I'm like, wow, I can't be that guy who just pulls the tickets back. And I knew it was going to happen. Once I knew I wasn't going to the game, it was guaranteed it was going to happen. Uh, but I decided to suck it up. I had TJ, TJ's first game. I, I was uh, actually, yeah, it was TJ's first game in, in Yankee Stadium. He gets to see uh, Jeter's 3,000 pit. So if TJ is listening to this, you know, nice job again. Um, yeah, they were, anyway, they were sitting anyway, on bleachers, too. Don't forget it. You went five for five also, don't forget. Oh, of course. And the thing <laughs> is, TJ's a hardcore Rays fan. I'm not. Him and, him and Courtney are, like, really hardcore Rays fans. I, I applaud them a lot for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, they he had a great time. All right, listen, I, I we can do a whole nother thing about being a Rays fan, but it, it, I'm sure it's not easy. And they, they do stick with it. The dude has like season tickets every year. He always goes. He supports. Well, them. They're, they're not the laughing stock anymore. It's not like it's not a big deal. No, they're good. They are they're good. Really they, they're they they're they're that team that you you can't shake them off. They're annoying as hell. Oh, so you good, know. Man. I have a lot um, of respect for the Rays, honestly, too. Uh, well, I had I had that story too, G. I have a story too from that. Um, that was Gina's birthday. My daughter, I'm sorry. My daughter Gina's birthday party was that day. Um, but I invited Chris Vigliotti mm -hmm. for the party. He comes over. He's like, yeah, I had, I had tickets for today. I said, what are you doing here? Because, well, you know, the wife, I said, I had to come. You know, he's promised you come. I said, no, you should be at the goddamn stadium. <laughs> I said, not only should you be at the stadium, you should have took me. I would have went with you to the game. And if, and, and if he gets the 3,000 hit in the first at-bat, which he did, right, or the second bit? Second at-bat. You leave. I said we could have left right after that and been back in time for the party, no problem. Dude, we, my wife would have understood. I would have did it. But, you know, and then, yeah, five for five, that was just a crazy-ass game. Um, but, yeah, I would have went. So Chris that, Chris knows now never to make that mistake again. You can, you can, always, you can always show up to the party a little late even though it was my own daughter's. But you ain't going to miss Jeter's 3,000th hit. So that was a big mistake. 
Yeah, if it, if it down the line, if it's Glaber Torres's chance at his three thousand hit or something like that, hopefully, yeah, I would probably be missing my my kid's birthday or something like that if it had to. Yeah, it, it, I mean, if it was ten at bats, all right, you skip it. But he had two hits to go. You, you go, you go, and and you if it happens, great, you leave. That's what I would have said, dude. If he, what if he goes two for two? You get up, third inning, you get up, you leave, you're back in time for the party, no problem, mm-hmm. no harm, no, no harm, no foul. Uh, what were the other anniversaries you were talking about before? Well, today is the actual anniversary of Aaron Judge winning the 2017 Home Run Derby, which is pretty awesome to see. I mean, I know Gary Sanchez was in that, and John Carlos Stanton was with the uh, with the Marlins at the time, so he had technically three Yankees in that one. Uh, but no, that was his real like that was his coming out party to the rest of the baseball man. He was hitting some moonshots. I was loving the like classic design bats and everything like that. I, I got the uh, Aaron Judge uh, batting practice jersey from that. So I, I'm a big fan of home run derby, as, as you're aware. Who knocked Stanton out? It was a Yankee. Was it Sanchez or was Sanchez, it a uh, knocked him out. Judge? Okay. I knew one of them knocked him out. Yeah. Because there was two Marlins, and the two Yankees knocked two Marlins out. Yeah. Um, damn. Who the hell was the, the first? Justin Bohr, the first baseman for the Marlins. He was he was in it, too. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, he's a big dude. Um yeah, there's that. And also on July 10th, 1987, Don Mattingly extended his home run streak uh, with his third grand slam of the season. So I'd, I'd shared that on, on Facebook, whatever. I don't think I put it on the page yet, but I'll put it on the uh, Facebook page so anyone wants to see Donnie baseball going deep. Uh, so, yeah, he would, that was uh, on his way to six grand slams. So, Which was awesome. I remember that year. That was a crazy year. That, you know, Those are the highlights you remember from uh, – pretty abysmal time for us so all those highlights stick Dude. out very 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 much oh yeah it's madly was was a shining light in uh you know in a in a drought in yankee history i do i uh, by the way i started watching uh junior i know you talked about it last week no. um what i get about a half hour in i told you dude, in the hospital i was so out of it and no. i was all over i was all over the place but yeah, I did laugh at the story with uh, Ken Griffey grounding him for uh, hitting the ball wow. further than him. That was, that was pretty great. funny. Yeah, but I didn't. I said I didn't get too far in, but it looks like it so far. It's, it's pretty good. Hopefully, I'll get to finish it this week sometime. Um, Mandy Bissetti's a Stanton being a Marlin. Oh, come on, Tommy, relax. You, can, you can't give him. A, you can't judge him yet. Yet. Uh, yet. I, I, I swear, know. it's like deja vu all over again with this. <laughs> I mean. No, because I, I remember, I mean, yeah, during the time like, like when I was a fan of, of A-Rod, it was defending on a daily basis, defending A-Rod against fellow Yankee fans constantly. And then it was silent in 2009 in the playoffs. Like, people were just silent all, all of a sudden. I was like, where did you go? No, boo him. Keep booing him. That's it. I mean, Tommy and anyone else, listen, if, if Stanton doesn't return to form, the Yankees are not winning the World Series during his time here. It's, it's that simple. He is a key part of the team. They need him to perform. So better suck it up and start cheering for the guy. I have no reason why you'd want to cheer against the guy. Yeah. I yeah, I guess. Whatever. I, I I'm just I'm indifferent. I'm not I'm not against him. I'm rooting for him. I'm hoping he gets better. My problem is the injuries. I'm not gonna judge the guy based on the fact that he can't stay healthy. That's just one of those things that sucks. But when he's out there, he does he does what he's gotta do. Hopefully. Hey, how did the A-Rod thing turn out? I'm sorry. I'm just reading the comments from Tommy. <laughs> Listen, I, I will I will bury A-Rod for better than anybody, but you still can't 
pretend that he didn't win MVPs when he was here. So then, then don't acknowledge the 2009 World Series. It's that simple. Presented that in, in your world, it didn't happen because the Yankees do not win in 2009 if A-Rod doesn't go off during that entire playoff run. It's That is crystal clear and not even debatable by anyone. That's true. I'll go with that also. It's the truth. Right. I don't like the guy. The guy's a schmuck, but I mean, what do you want me to say? It's, it's the truth. <laughs> All right, so again, in my hospital stay, in my in my in and out of coma, I stumbled upon an article I thought was great, um, and it's something I thought we could talk about real quick: the unwritten rules of baseball. And these are these are things during games that you know. Did you run out of type? Is there a type limit? Because it looks like you forgot the A in ball. <laughs> that what? Did you? It looks like you got a, a typo in in baseball. Oh, I did. Oh, well, I got I got a typo. It's visible. Don't worry about it. I was I typing real quick. <laughs> Do I mean, uh, should I fix it? I guess I should fix it. No, I'm not fixing it. We know. I know it's spelled wrong. It's fine. That's fine. Um, yeah, so I stumbled across this article, and I started laughing at it because some of these are ridiculous. Some of them are dated, maybe you want to say. So I wanted to get your opinion and someone else's opinions. Um, one of the I mean, first ones. This list. This is what you know. I didn't want to send you the list before. I wanted to kind of like hit you with them, okay? You know, spontaneously. So yes, I know I spelled baseball wrong. Leave me alone. Um, number one, you don't rub the mark after you get hit by a pitch. Yeah, that's 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 a common thing. It's not showing pain. It's supposedly not showing you know weakness there. You know that's why you hear that term. Don't rub it. What if it hurts? Show <laughs> <I mean, laughs> it, man. When I read that, I, was, I started thinking back to all the big times people got hit, and I'm going, yeah, you're right. No one's ever actually rubbed that wound before. Even though most of the time it's in their back where they can't reach or in their head or something where they're unconscious. But, yeah, that's one of those weird things. I was like, oh, you're right. No one's ever really rubbed it out before. Like, oh, no, no pun intended on that. But, yeah, that's kind of weird. That's a weird one. <laughs> uh, number two. Now, this is this one I thought was great because this one makes total sense. Everyone must be involved in an on-field fight. Oh yeah, and this is this is this is a classic one simply because I always said, why are the bullpen guys running out? They're going to waste all their energy and time running out to the mound for this fight. But now it's like, okay, well, it's an unwritten rule. And don't get me wrong, if it wasn't for that rule, we might not have had the greatest fight in history in 1998 with Armando Benitez exactly. and the Graham Orioles. Lloyd. Graham Lloyd coming down with the big lefty swing, yeah. That was that was great, but yeah, and I, I that always cracks me up though because you see the bullpen guys, they look like some of them they just woke up and they're kind of just like jogging over there. It's like okay, I gotta go. I mean, just let me just get in there, and then it might even be over by the time I get there. Who the hell yeah. knows? I think I think ninety percent of the fights are over by the time the bullpen guy gets there. Anyway, oh, yeah. then they're like, oh man, I gotta walk all the way back now. That freaking <laughs> bullpen. So yeah, I thought that was a funny one too. Um, here's one of the here's one of the ones. That I'm interested in hearing people's opinion too. You don't step on the pitcher's mount. This is the where did that start? How did that start? Who gives a rat's ass? I mean, I don't know. I don't I don't understand this rule at all. I don't understand why it, you know. I guess I oh, I don't know. See, I'm I'm indifferent about this one. Because I guess you know, there's no reason to step on it. Well, I've never, I'm gonna tell you the truth. I never I've never heard of that one until and it's, he's he might be a part of this show quite a bit uh, until A Rod against Oakland when he uh, yeah it was uh, Dallas Keuchel yeah that's it was the, Dallas, no, 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 yeah was it no 
that's the reference I have. Oakland yeah. and and A Rod, yeah. Yeah, it was Dallas Keuchel. Was it no, not Dallas Keuchel. Dallas Braden. Yeah. Dallas Braden. Yeah, Dallas Braden. Yeah, sorry, Dallas Braden. That's probably the only two guys I ever know that's name is Dallas. Um, and, and it was that was in between innings too. Yep. That wasn't like he popped up and said, "I'm going to run across your mound." Uh-huh. It was in between innings. That's the only time I've ever heard of it. It's the only time I've ever heard of it again. But leave it to A Rod to find out and teach you one of the unwritten rules of baseball. And he's, again, say what you want about A-Rod. He's a huge baseball nerd. He, he knows his, his stuff. So to him, for him to say he didn't know that, uh, just wasn't buying that. Nah, he's just being his douchey self. He wanted this, to, especially because it was in between innings. It's like, oh, you're just doing that just to get a rise out of somebody. It's just, there's, really, yeah. there's really no need for it. <laughs> um, all right, this one's, this one's obvious because we do this too. Everyone does this except for Michael K. You do not talk about a no hitter in progress. That's Vince kind Cully, of not, that's, Vince Scully does it, by the way. Oh, Vince Scully will tell you. He'll tell Vince you. Scully will tell you, and Vince Scully, which we've never really discussed on this, and I'm sure you might even have some love for Vince Scully because I know you. You know you have your under, totally understandable Dodgers thing, which I've inherited a next thing now. But whatever, we can save that for another time. That, that, that's another uh, time. Vince Scully, who's my favorite baseball announcer ever, um, he will he will do it. He'll mention the no hitter, and it's I've seen it broken many many a time. Um, by by Jerry Schnell actually has a a big one that we were watching it at home. We were watching Mike Messina's now one hitter in Boston. It was Sunday night baseball against the Red Sox. I think it was Carl Everett that broke it up in the ninth inning, and Jerry's running around the room. And we're, we're all packed into a room, squeezed in to watch it. And this jerk is running around screaming about, oh, yeah, yeah, this is gonna, he's throwing a no-hitter. He's throwing a no-hitter. It doesn't matter. I'm here in New York. They're in Boston. It doesn't matter. And then we all beat the crap out of him after that. <laughs> hey, um, you, you got to have what you believe in. You got yeah. you, you to have what you believe in. Well, no matter how, hey, I have my, I have my rituals too, so nothing you can do. But, yeah, I don't like that either. Who was the – who got really – was it my? It wasn't. I think it was Michael K. Was it Joe Buck or one of them? Who, who got mad on the air? Who the hell was that? Like, oh, know. shut up! Like, oh, shut up! You could talk about it. It's such a ridiculous thing. Like they went off on the air about a no hitter. I uh, can't hear I've heard that, but I know K like makes fun of it and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, that probably wasn't K then. It was somebody though. Somebody went off about it on the air. I remember that, and it was like a big thing. And like an inning later, the guy he lost a no hitter. So I'm sure he was blamed for it immensely. Yeah. Uh, what was the next one? This is kind of like one of those things. If a pitcher hits a teammate, if if a pitcher hits a teammate, hit one of theirs. That's one of those things. That, you know. See, that's been very controversial, though, the last, I don't know, 10 years or so. And, and the Yankees were getting some crap for that during the Tory era because they were not doing that a lot. And a lot of times, especially with the Red Sox, you know, uh, when Pedro hit uh, Jeter and he hit Soriano, sent them both to the hospital. And um, they were getting crap for not drilling Ortiz. They were constantly getting crap for not drilling Ortiz. So that that is a big thing that has faded away now. And baseball has been trying to get rid of that one. Like, you know, warnings really fast and stuff like that. I, I'm all for letting the players police themselves, though. I, I don't think the umpire should be the ones telling them, you know, unless it's really getting out of control, obviously. It turns it's like a beanball war, then that, that's not good. Yeah. No, I like that, too. I don't, especially when you're hitting – 
I know it's mean to say it, but if you're hitting the number nine, number eight, you know, nobody named shortstop, that's one thing. But when you're hitting the megastars like that up in the up in the shoulder, the arm or the head or something, yeah, you someone's getting hit next inning. That's a guarantee. And again, you're not gonna hit their number guy you never heard of. You're gonna hit their star. Like you said, the Yankees should have. They should have yeah. drilled Ortiz. I'm, I, they really should have. Oh, I, I was all for it, and then and then and do it the right way, like the right way to do it. And I don't, I don't want to spoil your list. This might be in there, but when you when you hit the guy, you drill him in the numbers, which is obviously intentional. Drill him between the numbers and move on. You know it's there. You know these guys. That's the you know meaty part right in the middle of the back, and no one's gonna get seriously hurt. Maybe they'll get a little welt or something like that. But that's it. Drill him in the numbers and and move on. But man, yeah. Or, Plus, Ortiz got really comfortable in the box over those years, and they I was for seeing them drill him in. And the hell with Pedro, too, because Pedro admitted finally that, you know, 95% of the guys he hit, he hit on purpose. Like, duh. Yeah. Like, we, like, we didn't know. He was such a – I don't even want to get started on that. That's, <laughs> that, that, that. that's a whole rage, rage-inducing show that we could do just on that alone. So I'm even going to bring that one up. Uh, what was that next one? Again, here's one – Here's one I find a little – I can go both ways with. You don't bunt to break up a no-hitter. Now, if you're down by one – Exactly. With a man on first – Exactly. You got to do what you got to do. But but you know something, though? Like, I don't – I don't even know if it says it in the notes, but I don't see any issues exactly. If it's one nothing and you're playing to win the game, yeah, my interpretation has always been as, as an unruled of baseball – you just don't do it if you're up, if you're down ten nothing, or like five. You know what I mean? Like the com- game's completely out of out of reach, and then the ninth inning you're bunting. Yeah, that that's that, that's kind of frowned upon. But you're 100 percent right. If it's one nothing or two nothing or something like that, and or even if there's runners on, you know, if you're down three nothing and there's runners on first and second, you yeah, know, you yeah. If it's realistic, then why not? And technically, that means you can't bunt lead off the game. Just technically speaking. Guy has a no hitter. You bunt to lead off the game. Oh, my no hitter is gone. Yeah, oh. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just getting technical now. Yankee should have been bunting against Kurt Schilling quite a bit when he had his yeah. bloody sock situation. Uh, okay, here's another good one. And this one, I again, I can go both ways with this one. Also, you don't show up. Well, this is going to go both ways. You don't show up the hitter after a strikeout. You don't show up the pitcher after a home run. Now, yeah. well, like a home run, dude. Come on, especially like a walk off or something like that. You're gonna get excited. You, yeah. you're, you're gonna want to, you know. I understand not standing there like an asshole and looking at the ball leave the leave the park for five minutes. I get that, but come on. I mean, somebody like like Batista. Batista put a little extra oomph on it to where you wanted to punch him in the face, and deservingly so. He got punched in the face quite a few times with the bat flipping and the chucking and all that stuff. But I don't know. This is one of those rules that I think people – this is an old-school rule. Yeah. Uh, people have to loosen up a little bit. But obviously, I don't want to see someone do the, you know, dance around the bases while he hit a home run. That's a little ridiculous. And as far as striking a guy out, I'm striking you out with the bases loaded. I'm going to go nuts. I don't yeah. give a shit. I don't get, care what you or your teammates think. I'm going to celebrate. So I don't know how you feel about these two. No, Tommy stole my thunder on that one. He just did it because we, we've texted about this for, for quite some time. Um See, that's the thing. For old school, uh, old school fans are going to say that it's showing up. I think over time, baseball has learned to lighten up on some of these things, especially in like the previous World Baseball Classic, 
it wasn't just like the Dominican team or the Puerto Rican team that was doing it. The U.S. team was doing it. Every team was doing it. And it's not showing up. You're just showing excitement. You can show emotion in baseball. It's okay. They're not robots. They're not, you know, this isn't, you know, not everyone has to pull the Paul O'Neill, hit a home run, put your head down and go around. It's fine. There, there isn't, there's a line you don't cross though. You're not going to hit a home run and then like NWO crotch chop at the pitcher or something like that. Or, you know, <laughs> you know, something completely ridiculous, throw the bat at the pitcher. You shouldn't be staring at the pitcher, put it that way. That, that's at least my interpretation is hit the home run, you know, showing off and showing up are two different things. Yes, you want to hit your home run and you want to watch it and then and go around the bases a little slower. I don't have an issue with that. I, I don't care about that. Just you're not staring at the pitcher. That's fine. And a lot of pitchers these days will tell you, then you know something. I shouldn't have got the guy. I should have got the guy out. I shouldn't have given a home run. I should have made a better pitch. That's it. And I know this came up with a lot of fans, like when the Yankees had Jabba, and he used to show a lot of emotion coming off the mound. There's nothing wrong with that, man. You're right. Exactly what you described. I saw CeCe do it, striking out Ortiz in big moments. You know, run off, you know, pump his fist, run off the mound, and he would scream into his glove. The Tantas would do it and everything like that. Sevy does it all the time. And it's not just because the Yankees doing it. I have no issues with that. Show your emotion, man. That's that's part of it. It shows me that you actually care. You know, and if the and if the NFL can loosen up with their celebrations, I mean oh, come yeah. on, a- anyone can loosen up. Because we know that they're, they're the no fun league for a long time. The fact that yeah, so the fact that they can loosen up with the celebrations, and by the way, some of these celebrations that these NFL teams come out with have been absolutely outstanding, and it's one of the best parts of the game now. MLB should do the same. Like you said, you don't stare at the pitcher. You want to stare at the ball. That's fine. Fine. Don't, yeah, staring at the pitcher is one thing. Staring at the ball is a whole other thing. I, I agree with that. I, I I think they should really loosen up on that uh, unwritten rule. I think they have. I think the players themselves have loosened up a bit on it. I know um, – I believe it was Madison Bumgarner was one who had some comments about it last season. But, honestly, overall, I think baseball has has chilled out with it. He's – Tommy's full of crap. He's not naming his kid Od- Odor or Odor. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next one, another, another one – you know what? If you don't like it, do something about it. Don't steal bases when you have a big lead. Um, hey, listen, today's game, you don't have to worry about stealing bases most of the time anyway because ain't nobody doing them. You know, analytics says that it's not worth it. It's not worth giving up and out. But um, you're right. I mean, whatever. I, 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 Yeah, you're supposed to call it off after a while. Well, guess what? I'll, I'll tell my guys to not steal bases when you start pulling out your starters. That, exactly. That's it. Because that's technically waving the white flag and you're giving up and stuff like that. Then that's fine. You you clear out your bench. Then I'll I'll clear out my bench, and then I don't have my guys steal bases. And again, how many games have we been at where, where they, there's been a eight, nine, ten run comeback? We've seen those happen. We've seen them a lot. Exactly. So that, mean, is there like is like is like is there an unwritten rule where like oh, you're only down by three, you're allowed to steal again? You know what I mean? It's like really like now now, now I can steal because we're only down by three again. That's awesome. Yeah. That's why I say when a guy when when one team clears out their bench and they start putting in their bench guys, and then you know you're almost that's kind of saying you know hey, you got this one we're, we're going. But you're right. So what if the bench guys come back? What if they actually start playing better and start creeping back into this? That's why yeah. I've, never liked, I've never liked that either. I've never been yeah. a fan of, of that stuff. And let's say you're up ten nothing, but you know you have a horrendous bullpen. 
but you guys are getting on base and you can steal. I'm stealing because my, my bullpen might be garbage. You know, if I got to bring them in, oh, yeah. there's two runs this inning, there's two runs next inning, there's two. Yeah. Oh, look, now all of a sudden we're back into it and I still can't steal. I don't know. I don't like that one either. I think that's a little crazy. Yeah. Uh, next one. Oh, here's, here's the famous one. You never make the first or third out at third base. Well, that's strategically. I I'm, I fully agree with that. I totally understand I that. Don't, I don't think that's an unwritten rule, though. That's more of like logic, isn't it? Uh, I mean, it's an unwritten rule within teams. It's not an unwritten rule like team versus team. You know, that's more of a strategic thing where you're like, hey, listen, when you're playing, you know, don't don't go, don't run in this count. Don't run with this many outs. You know, there's no reason to steal third base, you know, when it, when is, uh, when you got two outs already and you got second. You're already in scoring position. You don't need to steal third. That, that's the thing. Or, or base running gap or something like that. Again, the, the concept behind that is if you're in, sec- you're in you're at second, you're already in scoring position, there's no point. You know, just just hold them up. Oh, here's one of my favorites, by the way. And this is this is, I, but this is, this is one I disagree with completely. Pitchers pulled from the game must stay in the dugout. Um, I I don't like this one at all. I think if I just had the worst inning of my life and the, I'm leaving the bases loaded for the poor next guy, I don't want to be in the dugout. I don't, I want to go in that locker room and I want to scream and I want to throw things and I, and I feel bad for the guy I just left this mess with. I don't want to sit there and watch this disaster happen. I personally – let the pitcher go. Let him leave. He had the uh, horrible, horrible day. Let him go, man. I don't think you make him sit there. That's like a forcing a little kid, like sit in the corner, sit in the corner. Remember what you did. I, I, I don't want to see this crap. Well, I, I think I see that a little bit differently. I think that's more of a, a thing that's like the pitching staff is together and they're like, you know, it's more of a, an accountability thing. I don't think they're they stay there until the inning's over and then they go hit the showers and then they do what they got to do afterwards. But I think that's more of like, you know, hey, I'm gonna, I'm with you on this. You know, I'm staying here to to have your back in this, and it's like you're, you know, you're gonna help me out here. I I don't see it as a punishment type of thing. I I see it very very differently. Um, yeah, that that's more of just like a team camaraderie thing. But yeah, the second that last out is made, though, then he's hitting the showers. Then he'll curse, and who the heck knows what's gonna happen after that? But that that's always been the way I, I I've seen it. Uh, the next one, I, I think it's kind of obvious. I don't really know if it's unwritten, but you don't show up your fielders. You, you're a pitcher. Your fielder makes an error. I mean, I've no, I, I can't recall I've ever seen a pitcher like verbally abuse their fielders for making an error or anything like that. I don't know if that's an unwritten rule. I think that's just not being a douche. Well, I think the, these last couple seem to be more team-oriented things. Yeah. But yeah, you don't do that because, well, guess what? When you give out – I know if you're going to get on your third baseman for making an error and letting a runner on – then what's going to happen when you give up? Uh, you hang a curveball over the plate, and they and they take you deep. Then does the third baseman get to yell at you and tell you exactly. how much you suck? You know what I mean? Like, which I, yeah, which leads to the next one, which is the fielder always has to make make pretend they're going for the ball, even if the ball is seven hundred feet over their head. You got to give that little eh, eh. Uh, I, I think that's one that's <laughs> faded. That that is faded over the years, especially with these balls flying the way that they are. Like again, like the the home run I talked about earlier. If, if Judge is gonna hit one that's gonna like hit the middle of the left field bleachers, then you'll see maybe one step, and then that's about it. Like, you guys, you got you got to turn and watch. Yeah, to me that's one of those funny ones. It's like all right, you know, yeah. 
It's like, dude, I'll look at it, but there's I'm not moving because there's no way. Like, you can just tell that thing is no, not coming back. Yeah. That's, <laughs> um, that's definitely one that, that's – I think it's more about the balls flying as far as they have now where a guy's like, all right, you don't, you don't have to do anymore. Yeah, just, 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 you know, take your hat off, give it a good wave, <laughs> and just move on because, yeah, that's another crazy one. Um, here's one, again, I don't really agree with. I said unless you're pulling out your starters, like you said, you don't run up the score in a blowout. Now, this isn't Little League. This isn't Little League. If you want to get the outs, get the outs. Simple as that. Yeah. I, I don't mean running up the score. What does that mean? You mean you're going to go up? You're going to go up there and not try to hit the ball? That doesn't make any sense to me. Well, no, I think running up the score is more about keeping your guys in the whole game and the stealing and 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 stuff like that. I mean, with baseball, I, I've said for years, part of the beauty of the game is that there is no clock. You can't you can't uh, kneel on a ball. You can't go ahead and like run the clock out. You can't be like, all right, we're going to pass the ball around and then suddenly. Um, you know, there's going to be outstar getting recorded. You have to earn every out. So you're right. You're down 10 nothing going into the ninth inning. You technically have a chance to come back and win. So um, that, that's where it's more – that's very tied into the stealing of bases and, and things like that. Yeah. Um, center fielder always gets the ball. I don't see this as an unwritten rule. It's more of a – the center fielder is probably your best fielder. Yeah. So well, why, center- not let, why not let him get all the balls he can if he's your best fielder, which he most likely – 90% of the time is out there. Yeah, I don't know if I'd call that an unwritten rule either. Exactly. Like, the center fielder, yeah. you're most likely your fastest outfielder, and he's the captain of the outfield, and he has, he's, he has every right to go after every every fly ball he can get to. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. Oh, here's a good one. You don't throw a curveball to a pitcher. Or a fellow reliever, I should say. That's, that's where they're saying it. A fellow reliever. I mean... I- well, what if what if you're one of these pitches I can hit? I've seen how many how many pitches we've seen. Some of them can hit. Jacob Degrom can hit. Well, I'm saying right. fellow reliever, so I, I guess that's technically if a relief man. That's very specific. If that's a very reliever specific. actually gets an at bat, I mean, how many relievers are going to get an at bat though? Well, not anymore because we know that the DH Universal DH is here, so that we can scratch that one from it. <laughs> I've never well, heard that one, but yeah. Yeah, well, that was the last one. I don't know if there's any more you can think of. But I thought I thought it was an interesting list when I was sitting there reading them. Um, some of them, yeah, some of them bug me. Some of them don't. Some of them, like you said, are just weird. You know, center yeah. field gets the ball. Let the center field get the ball. He's usually the best guy out there. Let him make the call. Let him do what he got to do. Unless you're Joe DiMaggio and Mickey Mantle is coming to catch that ball, and then you make him blow his knee out in his rookie year and lead to a lifetime of injuries. But we'll let that go. <laughs> that's a whole nother that's a whole nother show also. We we can do a thing on DiMaggio because I honestly think as as time has gone on, I've, I've kind of let up on him a bit. Mm-hmm. I I, I, I mean, up on him. I'm not saying he's the nice guy or nothing like that, but you look at his resume on a you look at that baseball card, man, he was beast. Oh, you you can't deny that. Like, I'm not gonna try to play off that he wasn't yeah, that he wasn't a good player or anything like that, but uh yeah, I mean, as far as douches go, he might be the greatest douche of all time. So, man, that's yeah, that's I mean, having your teammates call you Mister DiMaggio is that's that is something. That is that is a little crazy. Uh, nothing has changed on that. I still see that as being completely insane. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think we ran through everything pretty good today. You have anything else you want to bring up before? Uh, before we didn't bring up. The, the, well, I mean, we were doing a thing on thirty for thirties, right? Like movies. What? Sports related stuff. So, um, I, oh yeah, I, the 
the Mets. Jimmy, longtime Met fan, Jimmy Kimmel is executive producing a 30 for 30 for ESPN on the 86 Mets. And it's, I think it's supposed to be two parts from what I saw. I, that will be very interesting. That will be interesting. And I, and, I, and I will admit, because I, I, I don't hide it, I don't hide the fact that 1986, I, I lived, I lived, well, I lived, I grew up in Woodside under the seven train. It's a few short stops to Shea. The whole neighborhood was Mets fever. I was, plus, you know, they were playing the Red Sox anyway, so I don't feel that bad, but I did root for the Mets. I was all hardcore. Plus, I loved Daryl Strawberry back then. I really did. So when he became a Yankee, that was awesome. I was a big Daryl fan. So I was all big into the whole 86 Mets. 87, no. 86, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I was into that whole 86 Met thing. And, I, yeah, I'm, I'm actually very excited to watch that. Uh, that's going to be some interesting stories coming out of that, especially what we know now. It's gonna, yeah. what, we don't, what we don't know is going to be really interesting. Yeah, that should be that should be good. And it is kind of cool when you get a guy like um, who's a Met fan, like Jimmy Kimmel or something like that, to like pour their, you know, you know you're going to get like a passion project out of this. So that that's always interesting. Like we got sixty one with uh, Billy Crystal directing it and everything. Like you know, you can kind of feel as you're watching it um, that you know there was a lot of hard poured into that. So I would expect that. I'm I'm looking forward to that one. Did you ever watch the uh, making of sixty one? Uh I think I did, but probably if you didn't come out. I anyone else watching, if you have the DVD or the Blu-ray, or I don't know if they have it on HBO Max, if they have the special features, but yeah. there's the making of 61. It's called The Summer of My Life, I believe. Fantastic. Like, like Billy Crystal really makes you when he talks about the Yankees, you you get all goosebumpy and, and weepy and all that yeah. kind of stuff. You know, he knows he knows his stuff and and yeah, as I said, he poured his heart into it. So hopefully Kimmel will do a good job with this. Because well, you know, no matter what I'm watching, it's a thirty for thirty about that crazy ass team. So yeah, that's going to be good. Did you see the uh, thirty for thirty uh, Doc and Daryl? Yes, that was really good. That was really good. And uh, now, well, beyond who did who did you think who did you think would be the worst one off? I thought Daryl would be worse off than Doc. And no, Doc is off the whales. Yeah, and Daryl has turned it around. Do you think he has, he runs like a might be in Florida, like a whole a rehab center and stuff like that and everything? Uh, yeah, Daryl really got it together, man. I mean, it, it sucks that they ate, the good, they, they ate in the Goodfellas diner. That's what I was going to ask you. Wasn't it? Wasn't that that was in the Goodfellas diner, right? Which is no longer there. Which sucks. Uh, yeah, it's, it sucks. It, bur- it burnt down. No more Goodfellas diner. Very it was upsetting. Still there, like leading up to it, we could have like had our conversation about the thing in there. <laughs> We could have did a live show from the freaking Goodfellas diner. That sucks. Could have. Uh, um, yeah. So there's uh, there is that. Um, so if you you know to whet your appetite until the '86 Mets uh, thirty for thirty comes, watch Doc and Daryl. Uh, it's it's it is a really good watch. I think it came out a couple, two years ago. Was it two three years ago? Something like that. I don't think it's that old. But no. thirty for thirty, yeah, 30 always does a good job. Thirty for thirty always does a great. ESPN does a phenomenal job with that whole series. There's a lot yeah. of really, really good ones. All right. I think that's going to wrap us up this week. Um, next week, more of the same. Hopefully we get you know more information. Hopefully we have no more players on a COVID list. Hopefully that list comes down. I, I don't want to hear any more about it. Uh, hopefully LeMayhew and Cesar are on the mend. Um, yeah, I, I'm nervous. I'm not going to lie. I'm nervous. I'll keep, I'll keep saying it because – 
they're going to, it might be the greatest tease in a row. You might get three games and then be like, oh, well, the whole team has COVID. Goodbye. It's like, okay, here we go. <laughs> put them in the bubble. <laughs> put them in the bubble like the NBA or something like that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, yeah, so next week, anybody got, you guys want to talk about something? You let us know on our page, the uh, Tacos Personally. Any top 10 list you want us to do, anything you want us to talk about, a special moment, special game, special series, special year, let us know. We're here for that. Um, Ed, you got any last remarks before we go? Uh, not much. I'm seeing Tommy's writing in and everything like that. So thank you, Tommy. Uh, glad you're enjoying the show and everything. Hopefully everyone else is. So yes. uh, stay safe out there and uh, wear your damn mask. Yes, wear your damn mask, people. Please, I mean, really. If Bane can do it, you can do it. It's as simple as that. Um, doing this thing um, you started again? Was this what happened? What, what, Bane? You really <laughs> do it, Hey, you can do it. I mean, come on. It's, it's ridiculous now. It's just one of those things. It's like, if you can do it, do it. It's not what that big it? of a deal. I do it all the time. So uh, eight hours a day. Exactly. I wear it all day if I have to. I don't give a shit. In the hospital, I did. I wore that shit all day. Who cares? Oh, that's uh, true. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. All right. So, like I said, coming up in probably exactly one minute is the Jader and Kyle show for anyone interested. They're doing a special. They, they talk about movies every week. They pull different movies. This week, it's Dumb and Dumber with special guest Mark Ellis. I'm actually very excited. If you don't know who that is, like I said, he's a big deal in uh, the movies and the online world. He's a good dude. He's a funny guy. He's a big Star Wars fan, which is always a plus. And, uh, yeah, so check that out coming up next. Saturday, episode number – well, it's just the Just Too Sweet show. We'll be back with myself and Eric, another special Saturday Night's Main Event episode. Couldn't do it Tuesday. That's Saturday. So if you want to like wrestling, you want to talk about that, come check us out. If not, we will see you guys next week. Like I said, hit us up. Let us know what you guys want to talk about. We'll catch you next week. Ed, it's been a pleasure, man. Take it easy. You gotta let it play though. You can't just cut it off. You gotta let it play. Everybody enjoy it. Everybody enjoy it. I miss it, man. I miss it. The crowd. I want to be part of it. <laughs>